Welcome back to The Doctor Is In with Dr. Nadia Sabe of Dr. Greenhouse Incorporated. I'm Donna Swedan, our media manager and podcast producer. Dr. Greenhouse is an HVAC engineering firm that specializes in HVAC solutions for controlled environment agricultural facilities like greenhouses, warehouses, and retrofitted indoor farms. This week, some of our team was in Las Vegas for the Cannabis Conference hosted by Cannabis Business Times Magazine. We learned a lot in our time there and wanted to see what our colleagues learned too. Join Dr. Nadia Sabe on the expo floor to hear the answers of consultants, equipment manufacturers, and event organizers about our time at the conference and what they learned. <laughs> awesome. And I'm ready. And take. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Nadia Saba speaking to you here from Las Vegas, Nevada at the Cannabis Conference sponsored by the Cannabis Business Times. I'm sitting here with Dr. Hope Jones, the owner and founder of Emergent Cannabis Sciences. Uh, and, or ECS. Or ECS. Thank you so much. And I have a question for you. Hit me. My question for you is, since you've been here at the conference, what have you learned uh, that was super interesting or exciting that you didn't know before? I had no idea <laughs> how we actually... Where perlite was coming from and how it was baked to pop like it does for its popcorn. I took it, I, I just was sitting there in the talk yesterday thinking to myself, how the hell have I gone all this time without knowing that? And then appreciating now with our supply shortages, I think like everything else, we, we really take a lot of things for granted. So that was like an aha moment for me. I was like, wow, I had no idea. We do. And I thought that was really interesting too. And so what did he say? So this was Dr. Jackson from North Carolina State right, right, right. University. That was a great talk. It was a really good talk. And he said that perlite comes from these Greek islands. <laughs> And then they bake it at 700 degrees. And it, it pops like popcorn, basically. And that's, it, that's where the porosity comes from, mm. is allowing that expansion and that, that, you know, and it re-solidifies. And now we have those great porous pockets around such a surface area that is really, really nice and convenient for our plant growth and development necessary for air exchange. So. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, that I had super, no idea. I know. And, we, you know, you and I are sitting there, and I just really, really loved when you're like, I'm very disappointed in myself for not knowing that. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt, well, too. How many horticulture <laughs> classes we've taken and agriculture yeah. classes we've taken, and we use perlite, like, in our experiments and trials and stuff, and we understand the pore size and, you know, what, if we want extra chunky or... <laughs> extra <laughs> chunky. <laughs> All those, like, random, you know, important variable questions that we ask ourselves, but not once did I be like... How is the damn thing made? Yeah. I knew it was inert. I knew all of those things that I wanted to know, but I just didn't think about the rest of it. But had no idea. And now here we are dealing with supply chain issues, and that's and one of the matters. things. Now yeah. it matters, right? And so I think that, that didn't he say that there's not enough furnaces to keep up with demand because demand is so they have high. Plenty of ore, but yeah. they just don't have the infrastructure, and and I don't know if it was a manpower shortage. I think they don't have the infrastructure to actually keep up with the demand that, well, frankly, you know, cannabis has actually <laughs> contributed to yeah. significantly as far as that's concerned because they had plenty for regular Horton, and all the other sectors that use it for their mixes, but um, here we are, and um, nobody knew that we were going to grow up so fast. Yep. 
Actually, we all knew, but well, nobody else actually really took us very seriously, <laughs> did they? Well, and the opportunity for more growth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to have to increase the infrastructure, I guess, or find other alternatives. I think he was even suggesting that. Uh, I'd be happy to go to the Greek islands and do, see what I could do to help out and do yeah, my part. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Hope. Um, my it was uh, good to talk to you and catch up with you here at the conference. And uh, enjoy the rest of your time here. And I can't wait to hear what other great things you learned. Thank you, Nadia. Hi, this is Nadia Saba at the Cannabis Conference in Las Vegas, uh, sponsored by the Cannabis Business Times. I have here with me Cassie Tomaselli um, from the Cannabis Business Times. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for a couple questions. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Nadia, and being one of our esteemed speakers at our show. We're thrilled to have you. Awesome. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you, what have you learned here at the conference that you didn't know before that got you super excited? Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a favorite? Like that just blew your mind. Oh my gosh, well, there are so many favorites. Like, uh, Like I had mentioned yesterday, we have over 90 speakers who are here sharing their expertise with their audience and people are just thrilled to have that sense of community and share their expertise with each other and grow this industry together. Um, one session, I will just mention it because it just happened, was the uh, keynote session this afternoon with uh, Dr. Sue Sisley yes. of the Scottsdale Research Institute. She shared her incredible journey litigating against the DEA and DOJ three different times and, and effectively ending the 52-year-old uh, government monopoly on clinical cannabis research. And just learning from her just the importance of having quality cannabis when you're conducting these studies mm. and, and the, just the gusto it takes to be able to make change and put yourself on the line for this industry is just completely empowering and inspiring and she choked up at the end I choked up at the end there was just she a is standing super ovation. inspiring she's an inspiring person so I would just say that probably mostly because um, like I said it just resonated with so many of us and uh, yeah <laughs> that's an awesome example um, well this might actually be related so the second question that I have for you is what have you seen develop in the industry over the last year or two, even through this pandemic, that really encourages you that the industry is going in the right direction? Absolutely. Well, legalization is one, right? Yes. Being deemed essential, I know we may be sick of talking about it, but it is just enormously important for this industry to gain this credibility um, and to share the the goodness that cannabis can do. It's generating tax revenue. It's creating jobs in in areas that were devastated by the pandemic. Um, So I think those are just a few examples. Yeah, those are great examples. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. This has been a great show. This is one of my favorite conferences in just controlled environment, agriculture (laughs) in general. I just super appreciate all the educational content and all the exhibitors who are here are just really knowledgeable. So thank you for putting it on. It's been fun. This was my first live conference in 18 months, and this is the one I chose to be the first. So thank you for having me as a speaker and a panelist. I really appreciate it really appreciate it absolutely we're masked but we're here and we're mingling and it's wonderful and we appreciate you nadia thank you so much thank you cassie have a great show
all of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do it? That was like going up and having a PhD talk about something and then having a student come up and talk about it right afterwards. Okay. So, uh, Ian Neff, you are with Viridian Sciences. Yes. That's awesome. You guys do track and trace software, right? Correct. Anything with data, data points, analytics that we can help the industry grow and be more efficient, we're there. Very cool. So let me ask you the same couple questions I'm asking everyone else. What have you learned at this conference that you didn't know before that got you super excited? Yeah, uh, I'd say the biggest thing is kind of the the switch from old agricultural way of thinking into a more analytical and data-centric way of thinking for the industry. Uh, there's more and more technology coming out every day. There's more and more companies coming out with different technology. And uh, we're finally at a point to, with COVID coming to an end that companies are able to see those and adapt and really start to grow in ways that we never saw possible. Yeah, I've been really encouraged by all the discussion at this conference about data. Every, I think, feel like every single session I've gone to, data has been interjected somewhere in the conversation. And, oh, my God, we need data so badly. <laughs> um, so, uh, what, I mean, what have you seen develop over the last couple of years that really encourage you that the industry is going in the right direction? Uh, one of the biggest things is looking towards the future federal legalization is states and companies are really starting to come together with how things should look in five years and ten years instead of waiting for those moments to come and having to scramble to catch up. And it's really good to see the industry prepare for things in advance versus what we've seen over the past five to ten years where it's kind of the Wild West and people are just trying to figure it out on the fly. And it's going to create a much more stable industry and a much more stable product for the consumer. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Ian, for your insights. Um, it's great to talk to you and see Absolutely. you here. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show, and I hope keep learning. Absolutely. Thank you. Hi, this is Nadia at the Cannabis Conference, and I am here with Kelly Nicholson from AutoGrow. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. So, awesome to see you guys. So, Kelly, since you've been at the conference, what have you seen or heard or learned that gets you really excited? I think that... I, I'm always interested in LED light technology. I'm always interested to see how that's coming along. The first LEDs that I had experience with was back in 05, and they killed the plants. They literally just killed them black dead the next day. So to see what LEDs are coming around nowadays and talking to people about how the LEDs are working, it excites me because I think that it's like a new technology that actually has like a really big place in the industry. Um, and there's always so many of them trying to kind of <laughs> sift through which ones are like legit and gonna be around for a while and which yes. ones are just kind of like shot in the darks. So, so far I would probably say the LED technology from what I've seen. What about the LED technology? I think it's just really interesting how, how the quality that they're getting with the ability to adjust spectrums and the fact that they're making it a way that growers can understand that. Because when that came out years ago, growers had no idea. I mean, it was a cool sales tool, but I don't know that anybody knew how to enact it. And I feel like now they've come up with these interfaces where it makes it a lot more understanding. The LED guys are more uh, dedicated to making sure that the growers are really um, being successful with what they're doing. They're not just throwing a bunch of lights at them and being like, yeah, this works. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I've just seen a, some big growth in that, and that's kind of interesting for me right now. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, the other question I have for you is just over the last year or two, even through COVID and the pandemic, what have you seen in the industry, any sort of developments that really encourage you that the industry is going in the right direction? Well, at the beginning of everything, when we started to shut down, I was really encouraged by the fact of the projects that kept going, mm. that we're just going to go through yeah. with it. Um, something that I've been working on that I'm really excited about has been the hybrid greenhouses, that I'm getting more and more of these hybrid greenhouses where they're basically built like warehouses, but with greenhouse roofs, utilizing the sun, utilizing blackout shades, but also utilizing lighting and you know all different types of environmental control to create the perfect environment to be as efficient as they possibly can. And that's been actually pretty exciting. And I had um, a huge project go up oh, about a year ago or so during COVID with the whole thing. And they're just continuing to expand. And now we've got another new project going up on the East Coast that's very similar. Maybe one in Hawaii that we're working on. And they're very cool. I, I love the hybrid greenhouses. Wow. I was going to ask, like, are you seeing them sort of regionally specific? But it sounds like that's coast to uh, yeah. beyond coast. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any of them that are like, you know, in Canada where it snows or in Mexico. like wouldn't make sense for that but kind of that like middle of the country you know across the board yeah um i've just had a lot of luck with that so the hybrid greenhouses are actually really cool because i've worked a lot with indoor and i've worked a lot with greenhouse but mixing the two concepts together has been really neat you can probably relate to that yeah well i mean what do you see as the biggest benefit of a hybrid greenhouse like that i mean utilizing the sun number one i mean utilizing the sun all day you know i've got the big one in denver you know middle of the summer they have these you know, it's tons of light that they get all day long and they don't have to turn their lights on. Now, during December, January, February, we run lights a lot, you know. Um, one of the downfalls, of course, is that when you are doing some open air, you don't get the CO2 benefit that you normally would. But during the winter, we use the CO2 when they need it more because the plants are at a lower light level. So we've been able to kind of, you know, we have very specific different seasons and very specific ways that we control it during different seasons. But I like that. You know, I mean, indoor is totally cool. Same every day. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> Love it, right? It's just everything works. But it's uh, been exciting. After so many years of doing this, it's kind of fun to have like a challenging project right. where you're like, oh, let's figure this out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Um, it was so great to see you at the show. I always love catching up with you. Yes, you do. Um, enjoy the rest of the show. Hi again, everybody. This is Nadia at the Cannabis Conference in Las Vegas. Um, I have here with me John Zimmerman and Matt Carter from Harvest Integrated. How are you guys doing today? Great. How are you? Doing great. Awesome. You guys came all the way from Texas? Yes, sure did. Excited to be here. Cool. Um, So I'm just asking everyone a couple of questions. The first question is, as you've been wandering around, and I know you guys have a booth, so maybe hopefully you've gotten to wander around and go to some sessions, but what is something you've learned um, that you're particularly excited about or that you didn't know before that just blew your mind? (laughs) That's like the hardest question. That's a hard question? blew my mind something I did not know I'm going to defer to you right now I think um, the number of people that have either come to our booth or that I've heard talk about specialization inside the industry um, has really kind of blown my mind I think of Hmm. when I think of these facilities I think of people going from mother clone all the way through to flower and then having the drying and the post processing and everything in that facility the number of people that I've talked to or heard talk about wanting to just 
just grow flower or wanting to just dry those two specifically um, have been things that that I hadn't thought of that I think are that are very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, in traditional horticulture, you might have tomatoes grown for the tomato fruit in Arizona in a greenhouse, but then the seedlings are propagated in a greenhouse in Florida and then shipped to Arizona. Yeah. Like, well, really common. He, and I'm glad he said that because that is actually something. The only thing I'd say that I've, like, learned new that blew my mind is that um, how much of a demand there is in California for, like, just drying rooms. Or drying mm, yeah, it's a huge bottleneck right yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah, we're absolutely. actually going to start targeting that because of that. Nice, nice. So my second question for you guys is, um, what over the last year or two, even through like this pandemic, have you seen as a development, it could be technology or strategy, that you think shows that the industry is moving in the right direction? Or a positive direction? Hmm. That's another... These are really good questions. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think from a design perspective, uh, although I don't think the industry is far enough along in this respect, I will say, um, you know, the options that clients are looking at now for, like, mechanical systems are definitely a grade above where they were when I first got in the industry yeah. when they yeah. were looking at just something you would use in your house. Right. Um, at least now they're considering whether it's, you know, the Aon units with AGS or our type, our stuff with Harvest Air, you know. Um, the level of sophistication on that stuff has definitely gotten improved over yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah, the owners have become more, the owners and operators have become more sophisticated, which is, I think, good for everybody, right? Because we can design these facilities, design them right the first time, give them the proper equipment the first time, instead of having to go back in and retrofit a couple years later. Yeah, absolutely. And I think growers and owners are more willing to spend the money up front mm-hmm. to get it done right from the beginning, probably because they've maybe seen some failures or they've heard oh, of yeah. other failures and they don't want to repeat those mistakes. Well, one of the nice things about this show has been I think almost everybody who's come up and talked to us has finally experienced the pain we've been hoping they would experience <laughs> to get them to say, yeah, we don't want to do that again. Right. We want to do it differently. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for the conversation. And thanks for having your booth here. And it was really nice to catch up with you guys. Cultivation and educating. Exactly. I love it. So um, we are at the Cannabis Conference, uh, sponsored by the Cannabis Business Times. It's the second day of the conference. Um, And I am here with Taylor Kirk uh, from Fluence. And uh, I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. All right. Cool. So, uh, since you've been here, uh, what have you learned uh, that has been super interesting or mind-blowing or gets you excited about being in the industry? Hmm. All right. Well, there's still a lot of excitement for from Fluence, you know, and, and our customer base around lighting. You know, I think right now it's not so much is LED um, lighting really appropriate for cannabis, but uh, what what intensities and spectrum and what makes us as a company different than these others. There's so many lighting companies here. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to interact with the growers and to kind of share, you know, from my perspective, not being a sales guy, uh, more of a grower myself, um, how we're more of a uh, partner for these growers and how we can help them, you know, adopt the technology and, you know, see the results. Uh, Are the people you're goals. talking to a little bit more sophisticated? Are they asking better questions than maybe they would have before? Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, but we we kind of get a little of everything. Mm. You know, we got 
a few smaller growers coming through from other states that were, you know, brand new programs, new facilities, and then we've got more established growers as well. They're looking at retrofitting. So nice. So in the last year or two, you've seen a lot of changes through pandemic. You've had a professional change. What have what have you seen in the industry that encourages you that it's moving in the right direction? Ooh, lots, lots more legalization mm. across the country. Um, really, um, even though I, I think the country has been super, you know, majorly affected with supply chain issues, and every company's feeling that right now, we're still seeing massive growth in this space. And it's encouraging to see that um, there's new jobs being created um, and uh, new opportunities for new businesses as well to get into this space. Just the high growth during such a, um, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, but such a, just a catastrophic time in our culture and society, you know, I mean, it's pretty rare to see, you know, if you're not in the pharmaceutical industry uh, producing a vaccine to see mm. high growth right now. Right. And uh, I think cannabis is not slowing down. Um, if anything, it's just, it's still speeding up. Seems like it. Yeah, we've grown through the pandemic. We've added two new engineers to our staff and to meet the demand for more people who are growing plants inside. Yeah. So we're definitely seeing that too. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a shift too. Um, people are more, you know, working from home. Uh, maybe their their work uh, environments changed. The way that they conduct business has changed. There's some uh, people that are getting into farming, urban urban farming now. Um, so that's interesting to see too. And we're part of that. You know, outside of cannabis, we're we're part of right. you know commercial agriculture and vegetable production. Well, we love the support that Fluence gives to the industry for all of controlled environment agriculture. Um, it's really good to run into you here, um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Awesome. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Taylor. Okay. That's perfect. Hey, everybody. This is Nadia speaking from the exhibit floor at the Cannabis Conference put on by the Cannabis Business Times. I am here with Brian Wright from Wright SBD in... California. Yes. And how are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thank how have you. you enjoyed the show? Uh, the show's great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm happy that there are new vendors. Yeah. We're in the exhibit hall. There's brand new vendors. So sometimes you get vendors that are recycled a lot, and yes. there's a lot of new vendors here. So excited. So I agree with that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So a um, couple questions for you. Okay. So you've been here for a couple of days. I know that you've been yeah. in a few sessions. Um, what have you learned that gets you really excited or that just blew your mind? Okay. Wow. Impromptu. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think... So let me give you a little background. So I've been at many conferences over the last eight to ten years, it feels like. And so when you go to conferences, you kind of see and hear things that are very similar for new licensees. Um, you hear a lot of things about creating a business. You hear a lot of things about mergers and acquisitions and people needing financing. So there's not a lot that I get I could glean from, specifically glean from every session like the entire session. I mean the entire session. Sure, I'm not sure. pulling, but I do pull little tidbits out. And those are really market trends, really okay. are helpful 
um, and also new ideas for the business, which I can't share with you on the podcast, but we've already been writing down, uh, Valerie and I have already been writing down new ideas for the business, businesses, to help small businesses. So I really like that, um, that we're just like nitpicking, oh, what did he just say? Oh, that's a pretty good idea. And then from that idea, we can pull out, maybe there's a business here, an offshoot of a business for the cannabis industry, or how is the cannabis industry going to change from that little idea? So So that's a perfect segue to my second question, which, by the way, I feel like you totally circumvented the first question. Okay, okay. You actually learned. And we didn't even even plan this. We didn't even plan this. Okay, okay. Okay. What, what's the question? So the second question is, what what have you seen over the last year or two, or even at this conference, that encourages you that the industry is going in the right direction? Um. Okay. So there's a kind of a layers here. So one is kind of a legislative layer that you see from maybe the federal level. Um, that I guess spacing. So let me, I guess it's a little bit about spacing from a legislative standpoint. You'll see one legislator try to put a, a bill at the federal level and you don't really see a lot of backing behind it three or four years ago. And then two years, you see another bill, you know, you see another bill like maybe even at in California where they're asking for specifically on banking. And then you don't see too much time go by before you see another bill. So when you see the bills kind of accumulate tighter and tighter about mm-hmm. legislation, mm-hmm. about banking, about other those other issues that keep businesses going and going to thrive, you know, um, what are we going to do with cash? Um, you see a lot of CPAs kind of entering into the business more and more and more. Um, I think that bodes well for the business in general because there are, there are so many, not only are the states coming on board, but those states have legislators and they're going to, at the federal level, they're also backing those uh, bills or those proposed bills. So there's more people backing proposed bills. So it gives me hope, gives me hope, strong hope, that the business of cannabis is going to be a viable option in the near future. And I did have hope. I continue to have hope, I guess. Even when I got into this, I continue to have hope that the business was going to go great. But then when you don't see, like, you see, like, five years ago, you're like, oh, we introduced a banking bill and it failed, and I haven't seen anything for two years. And then all of a sudden, two years comes along, and then you see a two-year, and then you see somebody backing it the next year, and then a new bill behind that. So they're building so upon each other. Momentum, it's gaining momentum from a legislative standpoint. Um, and then I've also seen on the kind of the ground floor, I've also seen some of the, the vendors come and go. So vendors that come ah. and go, there's also vendors that are, have sane power. And I've always said that we're going to get to those individuals that are not only financially secure, but also their businesses are secure enough that they can weed the storm or ride out the storm, not weed the storm, but ride out the storm. And there are vendors that have ride out the storm. You have, I I can see lighting vendors that are riding out the storm. I see HVAC vendors that are riding out the storm. 
Um, and then you see new players. Right. And those new players are capitalizing on the failures of the previous businesses to kind of work into mm-hmm. new business. So right. I'm really hopeful for them, especially when I just see like trimmers. It's a really small example, but you see a trimmer that, oh, incorporates this, this, and this, and they can do it wet and dry, but they can also do other things to it, and they capture all the trim, and maybe that's an improvement upon the trimmers that were three years ago. So right. I really like that hope that people are still being innovative as well. Awesome. That's very long-winded. Very long-winded for... No, it was great. Okay. Well, thank you so much, That's Brian. it? That's all the questions? That's, that's only it. Two questions. I told you. It was only two questions. If you uh, see Okay. And You're I'm lucky. long-winded, so that's like two questions that's in like an hour and a half. Enough. How long is this podcast going to go? Do we have more time? Let's do more time. Hey, everybody. This is Nadia at the Cannabis Conference in Vegas, and I am talking to Rudy Ellenbogen. Uh, the CEO of Planta Scientific. How's it going today? I'm great. Thank you yeah. for having me. You're welcome. How are you enjoying the show? Very much so. Super high energy. A lot of people thirsty for knowledge and really high quality speakers. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I love this conference. It's very educational focused. Yes. So speaking of that, what is something that you have learned in the last couple of days that got you really excited or just blew your mind that you didn't know before? Arizona has a potential really good opportunity for expansion for growers. Um, excited about. Okay. Um, in what way? Like, why does it have so It wasn't potential? in my radar. Oh, okay. You know, I was looking at new projects that I'm helping uh, develop in New Jersey and in Massachusetts and mostly in the East Coast. And then, uh, you know, hearing about Arizona picked my eye, my curiosity. Very interesting. So, what over the last year or two, even through the pandemic, have you seen uh, develop within the industry that really makes you believe that the industry is on the right track? Ooh. Um. I know. It could go many different ways. Yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) You came in the right time. I hired you just for that. He needed the pause so bad. She's been following me around throughout the entire conference. All right. (laughs) All right. So, So what has developed in the last year or two through even the pandemic that really makes you think that, yeah, this industry is going in the right direction. Um, The direct-to-consumer delivery uh, method increased a lot um, during the pandemic, and I was in California. And, you know, a lot of people didn't want to go to dispensaries or do the curbside pickup. They started ordering uh, direct-to-consumer delivery, and... And I saw uh, a company called Flower Co., which does direct-to-consumer uh, sales in California. It's not a wholesale price, but it's about a 30% discount from retail. And, uh, and I thought that was a really clever move and, uh, and a really good way to also democratize 
a little bit more of the, the offering. There's yeah. a lot of consolidation happening uh, from big groups that are really much more powerful than smaller one-off op operations. And seeing how uh, cultivators or operators can go direct to consumer actually makes me feel hope. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I think I just recently sort of realized that, you know, the dispensary that you go to, the brick and mortar, they have certain strains and represent certain cultivators and brands, but dispensaries have sort of a limited supply, right? I mean, they, they represent certain brands and certain products, but if you actually do a delivery service, they might actually have a larger selection of brands and products that you're not open to if you're just going to the same dispensary over and over. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's really interesting and um, makes me curious. Yeah, more. there's a yeah. lot to discover. I mean, there is, you know, brands that are going in a more pure direction. I think I also see brands that are, you know, doing a lot more formulating and, you know, Frankensteining of, of products. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the, with the you know consumer per perception of pure pure cannabis products or or more and more manufactured more mm. synthet synthetic products like that. Uh, we'll see. We'll have to see. Cool. Well, thank you, Rudy. I really appreciate your input. Awesome. It's so good to catch up with you. It's been too long. Um, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. Let's go smoke a joint. <laughs> currently on board flying home from the cannabis conference in Las Vegas. We're going to ask Dr. Nadia her same questions. So Dr. <laughs> Nadia Sabe, what did you learn at the conference that blew your mind or that got you excited that you didn't know before? You know what? It was actually somebody in my panel. It was Michelle Hackett. She told us right at the very end when she was answering an audience question that, you, that it is actually public record when farmers are scheduled to spray certain pesticides. And you can actually look at not only the schedule, but you can look at like what chemicals they're going to spray. So if you're a nearby greenhouse grower, cannabis grower, you can actually find out like what what type of pollutants might be coming your way on certain days of the week and you can protect yourself from that. You can close your vents, you can do different strategies to prevent those chemicals from coming in your greenhouse. I thought that was so fascinating. I literally had no idea yeah, that, that was, was public record. Super interesting. Talking yeah. about like the neighboring crops and like the compatible with uh, exactly. Yeah, because we don't yeah. want those pesticides to drift in yeah. to a cannabis crop, especially a flowering plant flowering crop because it's not going to pass its lab test. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's a good point. That was cool. So that was the conference. Uh, what about, you know, in this time of the pandemic? It's been about like a year or two. Is there anything that you've seen or learned about that makes you excited for the industry or where the future yeah, you is know, going? You know, I am really encouraged by all the people who are talking about data, talking about the need for more data, talking about measuring more data, talking about how data can really help the industry. And I'm seeing this, you know, not just in cannabis, but especially in cannabis, because, 
you know, has such a rich tradition of not <laughs> recording things and not monitoring, you know, because you don't want to be raided and have records that you kept, you know, mm-hmm. that, that would demonstrate that you actually were breaking the law. And, and now cannabis growers are, are really looking for data and um, to be more informed about the decisions that they make, whether it's, you know, through track and trace or whether it's just optimization and troubleshooting um, what they're doing and just growing a better plant. And even here at the cannabis conference, I mean, I don't think there was a single speaker that did not mention the word mm-hmm. data. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was just pervasive. Yeah. And I am so encouraged to hear that because we need it. Yeah. We need to understand baselines. We need to understand what growers are doing so that we can help growers and do a better job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I noticed every single panel that we went to, everything kind of had an underlining, like, research, tech, data, all the information, and what do we do with it was kind yeah. of a big theme. Yeah, and, I mean, one of my favorite quotes was Rick from Candescent, and he said, if you're not measuring it, you're not managing it. And yeah. I just, that to me was my biggest takeaway from this conference and just speaks to that whole idea of data. Yep. Exactly. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank it was you for the whole conference. It has really been such a fun few days. Yes, it has. it has. Thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Hope Jones is CEO of Emergent Cannabis Sciences, a tissue culture lab and CA consultancy. Cassie Needon Tomaselli is contributing editor of Cannabis Business Times, Cannabis Dispensary, and Hemp Grower Magazines. Cassie was also the programming director of the Cannabis Conference. Ian Neff is an enterprise account executive for Viridian Sciences, a track and trace software and analytics company. Kelly Nicholson is sales director for Autogrow Eureka. John Zimmerman is co-founder and CEO of Harvest Integrated, and Matt Carter is the vice president of sales and marketing. Harvest Integrated supplies HVAC and power equipment for CEA facilities. Taylor Kirk is a horticulture service specialist with Fluence Bioengineering. Brian Wright is founder of Wright SBD, and Rudy Ellendoggen is managing partner and CEO of Planta Scientific. This has been The Doctor Is In, with Dr. Nadia Sabe, the one and only Dr. Greenhouse. To keep growing with us, subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.